0: And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting Bluehost.com. That's Bluehost.com. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. George Reed
1: here. Huh? Hey, now listen, George, if Floyd's of England keeps handing me cases, how can I work for the other insurance companies?
2: Well, what I'm calling about this time isn't really a
1: case. So what? As long as the company pays my expense account and maybe a nice little fee to boot? Uh, fee? Sure.
2: Well, I'm not even certain you'll need an expense account.
1: Oh, then now, wait a minute. Uh,
2: Johnny, Johnny, I think you'd better come over here to my office so that we can talk about
1: this. Well, I don't want to sound chintzy, George, but a cab to your place will cost me over a buck.
2: Oh, well, uh, that can go
1: on the expense account, of course. Good. Then as long as we've established the expense account for this thing, whatever it is, I'll see you in a few minutes. Well, now,
2: there's no hurry, Johnny, so just take your time. Huh? I said take your time about getting here.
1: Yeah? I'll be right over. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to Floyd's of England, North American office, Hartford, Connecticut. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the cautious celibate matter. Wait a minute. Over the phone, George Reed did not tell me what he wanted me for. Also, he very plainly said not to hurry. Hmm. Item one, $1.20. No, make get a buck and a half for a taxi down to his office.
2: Go right in, Mr. Dollar. Mr. Reed's expecting you. Okay, thanks. Oh, come in, John. Yeah. But I tried to tell you on the phone there was no reason to rush over. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got the message, George. That's why I did rush. Oh. Well, uh, sit down, sit down. Sure. Well? Uh. Cigarette? No, no, thanks. I'll smoke one of my own. Oh, sure. Uh, but here, uh, let me give you a look Okay. Honey, I filled this thing just this morning. Ah, uh, here, give it to me. Oh, that's all right. I'm sure I can make it work. Oh, what is this, George? Some kind of a stall?
1: Oh, here, give me, give me. But uh, well, ah, uh, sweetie, I don't think you were trying. I guess I didn't flick
2: it hard enough. Yeah. Now, what's on your mind? Well, um, you uh, got back from that assignment out in Oklahoma sooner than I expected. From that town with the unlikely name of Bum Spung?
1: Well, it's really the name of Durango Laramie Dalhart's ranch.
2: Crazy old character, but I like it. Bum Spung. Now, what can a name like that possibly mean? Are you kidding? You told me yourself the other day just before I went out there. Oh? Did I? Well, of course you did. It's an old Indian name. Means bum, means bad spring, bad water. Oh, of course. You, uh, cleaned up everything out there?
1: What's the matter with you, George? Didn't you read the report I handed in
2: with my expense accounts? Well, I sort of glanced over it, but you're coming back so soon and with Durango's pretty niece out there, Carol Delhart. Oh? What about Carol? Didn't I, uh, kind of get the impression that Durango would like to have you marry her? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you should have. Every time I get within spitting distance of Oklahoma, I expect him to shove
1: a shotgun at my back, and, well, that's why I left there in such a hurry. Oh? Uh-huh. Sure, right after settling that insurance matter. Only it was for Durango's old pal, Sidewinder Wilson.
2: Another character. Yes, Durango was here in Hartford, but uh, Carol was there, wasn't she? <sighs> yeah, she certainly was. And George, I'd love to have
1: stuck around a while, you know, to be with her. Mm-hmm. When I got word that Durango was about to get back there, that he was bringing along a preacher, a brother I took off. And why, Johnny? Why? Let's face it, George. I'm afraid I'm a confirmed celibate.
2: Well, at least you
1: say you are.
2: But uh, aren't you rather fond of Carol Dell? Well, I've told you. She's a living doll. She's, she's tall, dark, and, and very beautiful. She's
1: intelligent. She has a lot of spark. A lot of spunk, too. And a wonderful sense of
2: humor. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, and to put it bluntly, Carol has everything everything a man could possibly want. And, George, when I take that gal in my arms...
2: Why don't you marry her, Johnny? Confirmed bachelor, eh? But you don't sound like it. No. Sometimes when I think about her, I don't feel
1: like it. Well, then...
2: No, no, no,
1: no, no. Let's stop talking about it. Why? Because, George, I'm not marrying. Not Carol or anyone else. At least, not right now. Someday,
2: perhaps? Not now. Not now. Best years of your life, Johnny. And with someone like her. George, I've made up my mind about this whole thing, and that's that. Yes, but I'll bet if she were to walk in here... Suddenly... I said, cut it out, please. And listen, what difference does it make to you? What business is it of yours? Well, of course, it wouldn't hurt me a bit from the standpoint of client relationship. Huh? And after all, Durango is a mighty good client. You mean to say you've been giving me this,
1: this, this big marriage buildup just... George, so help me, I ought to wring your neck.
2: Oh, well, now, Johnny... But come
1: on, now. You've been stalling around long enough. Stalling? Yes, stalling.
2: Now, what did you want to see me about? Well, actually, it's about Durango. Johnny, he, um... He asked me to have you come here. What for? And to keep you here. What? Yes, until he can arrive. You... Mean Durango's on his way here? Well, he thought of asking you to fly
1: out to Bum's Bung again, but he was afraid you wouldn't. George, can't you see what this means? Can't you see why he's coming here? And probably with that shotgun I mentioned. Oh, now, Johnny... No, sir, George. When old Durango gets here, you tell him... Hey,
3: Hi,
1: there, huh? he? Durango. Ain't that Johnny Donner got here yet? Wait. The fire escape. What did you say? Oh, yes. Well, then
2: I'll go right here. Johnny, wait! Tell him I left town! No, wait! Listen!
3: Well, where is he? Durango. Hi there, Georgie. Where's he at? The window. You, You mean went out the
2: window? Yes. Dollar! Johnny!
3: You come back
2: here, Johnny! You hear me? I said come back here! And now, act two
1: of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, and the cautious celibate matter. Needless to say, when that wild old character, Durango Laramie Callenard, started shooting after the window of the office building, well, I really made time down that fire escape. And I didn't stick around to see how he was going to square himself with the police. Because before I could even reach the nearest corner, a couple of prowl cars pulled up in front of Floyd's of England and outpiled half a dozen cops, all pulling their guns. No, sir. I grabbed a taxi. That's item two, and it comes to $5 even for the fastest ride I could get to my apartment. Because Durango's presence in Hartford can mean only one thing. Yes, sir. He was still obsessed with the idea that I should marry his niece, Carol Delhart. Sure, I care a lot for Carol. Maybe even love her, I don't know. And I know that she likes me, likes me a lot. But I also know that neither of us is going to be railroaded into marriage by old Durango. Yet there couldn't be any other reason for his coming here. So I dragged out a couple of handbags and proceeded to pack them, pack them well. Then item three, another dime for a phone call. George Reed here. So what happened, George? The cops haul him off and throw him into the clink? Durango? Who else? Johnny,
2: this man is unbelievable. It's fantastic. Huh? I don't know how he worked it, how much it cost him. And of course, as always, he came here loaded with money.
1: Thousands, Johnny. Yeah? Well? But the police didn't
2: even take those six guns away from him.
1: Oh, brother, all the more reason why I'm getting out of here.
2: Yes, Durango still thinks he's living in the old days of the wild and woolly west when the only... What? You're leaving?
1: Oh, you bet your life I am, and I'm putting all the costs of transportation on expense accounts.
2: Well, now, listen... After
1: all, it was you who got me into this whole thing. Listen to me. Where are you going? What do you think i tell you? You're in cahoots with this wild old man This trying to get me to marry his niece. But, Johnny, if you and Carol love each other... So what? Do you think we want him to force us into it?
2: Well, now, look. Suppose we...
1: Yeah? Oh, come on, George. I'm in a hurry. George! Are you in your apartment, Johnny? That's right, but not for any longer than... Why do you ask that?
3: You stay right there, Johnny.
1: Durango. You
3: just stay right there. I'm coming right over. I gotta talk to you, young fella, and that ain't all. You hear me, Johnny? Yeah?
1: California, here I come. Thanks to the late hour, I was able to get a plane without any trouble. Though I half expected to see Durango come tearing out to the field with those crazy six guns blazing before we took off. Incidentally, I used the name of Bailey when I grabbed my ticket, just in case. Oh, and incidentally, George, item four is 146.85, ticket to Los Angeles. It's on my American Express credit card, but believe me, brother, I'm collecting from you. You may have to pay for a lot of travel before I'm through with this thing.
2: This is the pilot speaking. we will be landing in Chicago in about 10 minutes. Weather is clear, the moon is bright, and ground temperature is 52 degrees.
4: Is there a Mr. Johnny Dollar on board? A Mr. Johnny Dollar. I don't have him listed among the passengers, but is there a Mr. Johnny Dollar on board? Uh, uh stewardess. Yes, Mr. Uh, Mister Bailey, Mr. isn't uh, it? This
1: uh, b- b- Johnny Dollar you're asking for, a friend of mine, I guess he missed the flight.
2: Yes, I guess he must have. Anything important for him? Well, just a radio message.
1: Well, as I say, I'm a good friend of his, so why don't you let me see that message, and perhaps I can, well, you know.
2: Oh, no, sir. I'm terribly sorry, but that would be against regulation. Well,
1: what if it's anything important? I'm
2: sorry, but thank you just the same. Fasten your seatbelt, please.
1: Yeah, sure. When we landed in Chicago, I was tempted to grab a telephone, call George Reed, and ask him if Durango had given up the chase. For I knew that by now, George must have realized he'd have to be on my side in this whole silly business. But during the stopover, I didn't even risk leaving the plane. Finally, we took off again, and I managed to sleep for a while. But all I could dream about was Durango chasing me. Through streets and alleys, across the plains, on foot, on horseback, in a car, a boat, a train. And all the time firing those handguns at me. Wild, fantastic dreams. By the time we got to Los Angeles, I was a physical, mental wreck. But I knew that for the time being, at least, I was clear of Durango. So, after picking up my bags, I elbowed my way through the crowd to the taxi stand. Excuse me, please. Uh, pardon me, ma'am. Sorry. Thank you. Taxi! Taxi!
3: Ah. Hey! Hey, da- hey Taxi! Here you are, Johnny. I hired this here now fancy limousine for you and me. Huh? Say, you ought to took one of them new jet flights like I done. Durango. Would have got you here a lot quicker. Durango, listen. Well, Sir Johnny, I finally catched up with you, didn't I? <laughs> Well, sir, Johnny, I finally catched up with you, didn't I? Yeah, I guess you did. Well, you're the slipperiest young maverick I ever did see. Now, heist yourself up in this here now fancy limousine that I hired for him. Okay, Durango, whatever. If... Huh? Huh? Eh? What's the matter? Look, that man.
1: Where? The other side of your car. Hasn't he got a gun there? Well, I have, so I'll soon find out. You wait here, Johnny. Oh, sure. Oh, <laughs> sure. I dropped my bags and tore back onto the passenger ramp. By jumping over a fence, I was able to climb on board an airliner that was about to leave. By flashing my credentials at the stewardess, I kept her from throwing me off, and in a couple of minutes, we were in the air. Yes, sir, and headed for Portland, Oregon. The plane fare is item five fifty-six twenty. And to prove I'm not kidding about the company paying my expenses on this wild trip, item 6 is 400 and a quarter for my two leather handbags and all the clothes I'd packed in them. So what happened at Portland? You won't believe it. But Durango was there and waiting for me. Sure, he chartered a plane, and because of the stops that my flight made along the way, he got there first. But I saw him in time.
3: Johnny! Yeah! Over here, Johnny!
1: By jumping another fence and doing hundred yards in something like nine seconds flat, I managed to find a taxi stand. Item $735 for a wild ride through the streets of Portland because I knew that somewhere in back of us, Durango was in hot pursuit. We finally ended up at a private airstrip out north of town. I'd have made 200 bucks for the plane I chartered. And I told the pilot just to go, go anywhere. But according to regulations, he had to report his course and destination. So I knew that sooner or later, Durango, who's nobody's fool, and more important with all his money, would be on my tail again. I racked my brain trying to figure out some way, trying to think of someone who could possibly... Yeah, someone. And then it occurred to me, there was someone.
3: Sure, of course.
1: The one person in the world who was in the same spot I was. Sure, it could be like walking into a lion's den. But item nine, a total of $114. Plane, bus, train, and rental car, first to Enid, Oklahoma, then north to the broken-down little ranch at Bum Spong. And yep, Carol was there. That lovely, loving Carol.
3: Easy, Gal. Easy. You don't like to be kid. Oh, I do, I do. Johnny?
1: Oh, I love it, honey, and you'd know it. <laughs> but listen, has Durango been here? Oh,
4: Johnny, I don't know where that old goose
1: went. Yeah, to. well, I do. He we went to Hartford. Hartford? Yeah, Hartford, gunning for me. That crazy old man is so set on having us get married, Carol. i well, he...
4: sure he is, but to go all the way to. Well, now, that's just carrying things too far. Yeah,
1: I think so, too. I
4: mean, if he thinks that by waving a six-gun around... Listen, Johnny Dollar, I'm real gone on you. You know that. Well,
1: yeah, I think you know how I feel about but that you. that
4: doesn't mean that just because Older Angle wants it that way, we've got to get hitched up together. No. At least... Well, at least not right away, so... If he thinks he can shotgun you and me and... Oh, no. Durango! I
3: know he'd be coming back to you, Carol, so now we really celebrate.
4: Durango, you crazy coyote! Now, Durango, you stop that. You put down that gun and listen to me.
3: Well, he's going to marry you, ain't he? Well, ain't he? No, Durango.
1: No? No, at least...
4: Well, not now.
1: And in spite of the way you've
3: chased me all the way across the country.
4: Yes, Drango. Well,
3: sure, I chased you, but not on account of Carol, Johnny. Huh? Well, sure, sure. I hope all the time that sometime you and her will get married up together. Well,
4: but, then.
3: But I... Uh, I give up trying to force you kids doing it. Huh? Well, I just figure when you're ready, well, then you will. But, but going to Hartford and chasing me that way... Huh? Oh, that. Yeah, that. Well, that wasn't nothing, Johnny. It's just that when you was out here last week and you kept my old pal Sidewinder Wilson from getting murdered... Uh, you know, Sidewinder's my oldest pal, Johnny, my best friend. Yeah,
4: that's true, Johnny. And when you
3: passed on the word that he was the one that found out about that killer... Well, it was, well Johnny, well, you know now, he's he's the new chief of police down there at Fireweather. Yeah, well, bully for him, but I still don't see... So, you, you being so good to him, I... I just wanted you to know I appreciate it. So uh, what I went to Hartford for uh, was to uh, give you this. Holy. Some of them's a bit dirty, crumpled up, and they got some. But uh, when I counted right, there ought to be $10,000. There you are. Gee, Durango. Well, (laughs) Durango, I... Well, I don't know what to say. You you don't have to say nothing, Johnny. Just enjoy it. But are you sure you wouldn't like me to have the the preacher come up from Enid and, and... No, I guess not. But God bless you anyhow, boy. This time I did stay over a couple of
1: days. Yeah, and if I ever do take the leap... Uh, the expense account? Well, George, I'll still argue with you about it, but that's all. And the total? $1,053.45. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Here's our star to tell you about next week's story. Next week, a string of hold-ups, and behind them all is... Well, why don't you listen? Find out for yourself. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Truly Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, originates in Hollywood and is written, produced, and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in our cast were Virginia Gregg, Gene Tatum, John McIntyre, and G. Stanley Jones. Be sure to join us next week, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly,
2: Johnny Dollar. This is Dan Coverley speaking.
3: See How He Runs on Suspense is next on the CBS Radio Network.
0: This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan.
2: From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. This
4: is long distance. Mr. Pat McCracken in Hartford, Connecticut is returning your call, Mr. Dollar. Oh,
1: thanks, Operator. Put him on. One moment, please.
3: Hello? Hi, Pat. Oh, Johnny. Hey, this
1: message I found. Boy, I'm glad you called. Say, what under the sun are you doing
3: in Los Angeles?
1: Just down here for a confab with Jack Johnstone. You know, the guy who dramatizes the cases I handle and puts them on yeah, the air. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I give him my
1: best. And I just wondered if you had anything out here I can do before heading back to Hartford. And if so, it'll give you a chance to put your travel charges on the expense account. Hmm? What else? <laughs> oh. well, Johnny, I got a wire from him just a few minutes ago. You contact Herb Schilling at the Greater Southwest Insurance Company right there in L.A. Okay, we will do and address your expense account to them. Right. Oh, uh, uh, Johnny? Yeah? Have you got a gun with you? Sure, Pat, I always... Huh? Why do you ask that? Well, judging by Herb's wire, Johnny, you
2: may need it. Bob Bailey, in the exciting adventures of a man with the action-packed expense account. America's
1: fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. A young lady by the name of Scheherazade kept her audience of one, enthralled for a thousand and one nights, with one of the longest stories in history. That's a long time to devote to one chronicle, but some of CBS radio's winning seven weekday dramas have put that record in the shade. Entertaining audiences in the millions with many times a thousand and one days of continuing dramatic serials. Each weekday on the CBS radio network there's a wealth of daytime drama including such outstanding serials as The Romance of Helen Trent, The Couple Next Door, Ma Perkins, Whispering Streets, The Right to Happiness, The Second Mrs. Burton, and Young Dr. Malone. Monday through Friday follow these absorbing true-to-life stories. Only CBS Radio brings you the winning seven combination of top daytime dramas. Another important reason for the different sound of this CBS Radio Station. And now, Act One of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Greater Southwest Insurance Company, Los Angeles office. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the Winsome Widow matter. Expense account out of one, $1.40 for a taxi from my hotel in West L.A. to Greater Southwest Insurance at one of those big office buildings on Wilshire Boulevard's Miracle Mile. Her Schilling almost fell off his chair when I barged in on it.
5: Hiya, Herbie. Look, I know that some of those new jet flights are pretty fast, but I only sent that wire to Pat McCracken a couple of hours ago. I
1: didn't waste any time trying to make plane connections, Herb. Just flew out under my own power.
5: (laughs) Uh, You're kidding, I know. But where were you when you got the word from McCracken? Right here in your own fair city. Oh, I wish I'd known that. Even those couple of hours could have been saved. Oh?
1: What's the big problem?
5: A little matter of a liquor store holdup. Only I'm afraid this one wasn't so little.
1: Then tell me off. Yeah, sit down.
5: Johnny... For some reason or another, these places that sell bottle goods are a pretty frequent target for stick-ups. Here in Los Angeles, there have been quite a few of them over the years. I'm surprised you insure them. And needless to say, premiums are pretty high. And at least so far as our company is concerned, the policies are somewhat limited. That is, insofar as maximum allowable coverage is concerned. Makes sense. On the whole, we've been pretty lucky. By that I mean, we've had to pay off relatively few claims. But now, in the case of Willie Lehman... Who's uh, Willie Lehman? His store is out in West Los Angeles at 10921 Santa Monica Boulevard.
1: And that's only about a mile from where I'm staying.
5: The old man opened up his place late in 1951. Oh? Yes, 61. Early in 1952, he had his first holdup. The bandits got away with something over $900. So he bought some insurance from us. Well, go on. Since then, there have been seven more attempted stick-ups there.
1: A total of eight in
5: as many years, huh?
1: Then your company must be getting a bit tired of paying off.
5: No, because after the second time,
1: He, uh, know how to use it? He certainly did.
5: He had a lot of medals from some German outfit he was in during the last war. Anyhow, he suffered no more losses. That is, until last night. Oh, how much? In money? What else? Something like over $400 out of the cash register, as nearly as the police can figure from the register slip. Well, couldn't Lehman tell you how much? No. Because you see, Johnny... He also lost his life. Ah, oh. And I take it you wrote his life insurance, too. That's right. $30,000. I see. Look, it's a little late in the day, but you want to go out there and check with the police?
1: Sure. I'll be in touch. <laughs> Item two, fifty $50. Deposit on a drive-your-own car. I passed up 10921 Santa Monica Boulevard and went right on out west to West L.A. Police Headquarters. There I ran down Sergeant Mike Kirby, who was covering the whole affair. Mike turned out to be a young, alert guy, on the ball, and completely cooperative. That's right, Dollar. Eight times since he opened the place in 51. And that's way out of line. Yeah, I should certainly think so. And the last three stick-ups have been within the past ten weeks. Hmm. Sergeant, my contact at the insurance company, Herb Schilling, tells me that Willie Lehman managed to fight off most of the bandits. He told you right, Dollar. Lehman was not only a crack shot, but I guess he was pretty quick on the draw. It was only last month that he killed one of the two men that tried to hold him up. Two men? What about the other? I'm way ahead of you. Huh? We find that other man, we find the killer. Probably. It seemed like a pretty safe bet. But look, Mike, if there were so many tries at this one place and so many all at once... Staker? Sure, somebody watching over the place. We tried it. As long as we had somebody there, you know, sitting in the back or working behind the counter or just watching from across the street, nothing happened. But the minute we took them away, bing, another hold-up try. Somehow they seemed to know whenever we had the place under surveillance. And more important, when you didn't. Well, what have you got to work on? Oh, nothing but a couple of bullets, I'm afraid. Want to take a run over and look at the place? Sure, Mike, why not? The liquor store was closed, but there were lights on in the living quarters above it. We knocked a couple of times, but got no answer. So Mike used a key that he had. He and his men had been careful to leave things as they'd been at the time of the killing. He was lying right there, Dollar, as though he'd come around the end of the counter. Uh Uh-huh. Near that door to the back room, huh? Yeah, yeah. That door also leads upstairs to the apartment. He must have taken a couple of shots at the bandit. You see where the bottles were broken over on the shelf? Yeah. No bloodstains or anything. I guess he missed for once. But not the bandit. Caught him right in the heart, Johnny. Bullet went in at the right shoulder, then down through his heart and stopped against the lower left rib. Of course, until you get a lab report on that bullet. Huh? Well, it must be his wife. The why she didn't answer when we knocked on the door. Good evening, Mrs. Lehman. Oh, no. Are you here again? Please, Sergeant, do you
4: have to come around at all hours? Please? Oops.
1: Hold everything. Lehman had been 61. But his wife, Gloria, couldn't have been more than 30. Tall, dark, she was obviously very proud of her highly commendable figure. Yeah, and she was pretty. That is, almost. Maybe it was just a little too much makeup, especially around the eyes that she knew how to use so well. A little bell had rung in the back of my head. Yeah. And since I'd noticed a phone booth at the gas station next door, item three, ten cents for a call. Johnny. That's right, Herb, and I'm sorry to call you at home. That's all right, Johnny. But there's one thing I forgot to ask you about when I talked to you. Yeah, what's that? Who's the beneficiary of old man Lehman's life insurance? Why, his
3: wife,
5: Gloria,
1: Johnny. Thank you, Herb Schilling.
2: (laughs) Act two of yours truly, Johnny
1: Dollar, in a moment. And now, act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Winsome Widow Matter. After the phone call to Herb Schilley, I went back into the liquor store where Sergeant Mike Kirby was still talking to Lehman's widow, Gloria. You mean you don't plan to reopen the store at all, Mrs. Lehman?
4: Not if I can help it. I'll sell this gum to the first person I find has enough money to buy it.
1: And then what, Mrs. Lehman?
4: Why don't you call me Gloria, huh? Everybody else does. And who are you, anyway, Johnny? You aren't a cop, and you don't look like a dick.
1: (laughs) Well, thanks. Uh, Mr. Dollar's here because of the insurance involved.
4: Uh, From the insurance company? That's right. Well, listen, Willie had some insurance. I know. I mean, on himself, as well as the store. I don't know how much it is, but he promised me that he'd buy some.
1: It was your idea that he insure his life?
4: Sure, an old guy like him. I figured he'd up and die sometime while I was still young and beautiful, so why shouldn't I let him provide something for my future, like they say? Oh, I mean, whoever thought he was going to die as soon as this?
1: Whoever planned and carried out his murder?
4: You mean somebody planned to kill him this way?
1: Just where were you when it happened, Gloria?
4: I was upstairs in bed, asleep. Look, I've told the cops all about well, it. Well, you
1: must have heard the shooting.
4: I'll say I did. And what did you do? I put on a robe and come running down here Well, I see the cash register open, and poor old Willie lay in there. And when I see that he's dead, I phone the police.
1: You didn't see anybody else down here?
4: Well, by the time I got here, whoever did it was gone.
1: You don't seem at all upset over your husband's murder.
4: You want me to put on an act? do Don't you know that he was twice as old as I am?
1: Then why did you marry him?
4: Well, you know how it is. A chance to settle down and let somebody else support you for a change. Made him happy to have me around, and I guess I liked it okay, too, for a while. But gee, what a bore. All he did was talk about getting enough money to go back to the old country. Well, who wants to go back to any old country when you can have such a ball on this one? I know I always have, even when I was married to old Willie. Of course, he just didn't always know where I was half the time. Well, don't you like having fun, Johnny? I mean, with people more like your own age, hmm? Hold old are you, Johnny? Now, oh, don't answer it. Now, don't answer it. The place is closed.
1: Well, it might be for oh. me, Mrs. Lehman. Oh, yeah.
4: Kirby? Yeah? And listen, Johnny. Oh. If you can get me that good. insurance money in a hurry, well... Yeah, good. I'll can want you, you to know told? I appreciate it.
1: Gloria, how long ago were you married okay. to Willie Lehman?
4: Last September. Yeah. Oh, now, why do you say it that way? Okay, I told you, Johnny, to I married the old man so he could take care of me.
1: Excuse me, Johnny, I got to get back to headquarters. Ballistics downtown is sending up a report on the bullets we found. Oh, good. Also, Bob Golden picked up a bum in a saloon, and it looks like he's the one that did this job.
4: They picked up the guy that killed Willie?
1: Looks like it. You want to come with me, Johnny? Well, do you or don't you? Yeah, Mike. I'll go along with you.
3: I told you. I told all those other
5: cops. I'm the guy that heisted the dough out of layman's liquors last night. And you shot and killed him, Benny. Oh, no. No, I tell you, I didn't do it. That's the truth. So help me,
1: that's the truth. Are you trying to say somebody else went in there and shot him after you left, Benny? Well, I don't know. There was no reason if he'd already taken his money. But I don't know. How should I know? You, you think I stuck around there after I got his dough? How many shots did you fire at him, Benny? How many shots? I didn't fire none. You saw that gun the cops took off of me. It was made of rubber. That's all it was. It was made of rubber.
5: If I hadn't got stupid and gone out and got drunk and showed it to somebody and told them how I got away with the money from that liquor store with it, you think these dumb cops had ever got wise to me?
1: You didn't fire a single shot.
5: How could I? I wave my rubber gun at him, he he reaches under the counter, he comes up empty, so he he gives me the dough and I
1: leave. You're lying, Benny. You make a paraffin test, Mike. Yeah, and I think this is the result of it. Well, Conroy? Uh, The paraffin test was negative, Sergeant. No sign of powder on either of his hands. Also, Sergeant... There, you see, I I told you, I told you I never had no real gun. All 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 right, Benny. I told you all I did was rob that joint. Shut up, Benny. Shut up! Yeah, Conroy? Also, Sergeant, here's the report from downtown on the bullets. From list. Good, let me have them. And also, they returned that gun of Mr. Lehman's that they found beside his body. There's no prints at all on it. Now, Johnny, is there anything else? Hey, look at this. Yeah? Conroy? Yes. Sir. Get this bum out of here. Lock him up upstairs. Yes, sir. Come on, Ben. You wise guys can't pin no murder rap on
2: me. You wait till I get a lawyer. Oh, yeah, we'll wait.
1: What's it say, Mike? Listen. The bullet that killed Willie Lehman and the bullets we pulled out of the wall of
5: that store. Johnny, they all came from Lehman's own gun.
1: Well, how about that? In other words, with the help of that phony rubber pistol, Benny somehow got Lehman's gun away from him. Maybe Lehman had already pulled off a couple of shots and missed. But the one that killed him... Oh, yeah. The paraffin test showed no powder on Benny's hands. Then he must have worn gloves. He must have killed Lehman. You want a bet. Then who did? Hmm. Well, first I think I'd better get some proof. Act three of yours truly Johnny Dollar in a moment. Now, Act Three of Yours Truly Johnny Dollar. <laughs> Looking one thing. Like what, Johnny? That Benny's a shaky old bum, a wino. Suppose he'd gone into that liquor store with a real gun instead of that phony little rubber one you boys found on him. Well? You think for a minute he could have stood up against a crack shot like you say Layman was? Well, now that's besides. Now, could he get Lehman's gun away from him and kill him with it? Ever since he kept the gun in that store, not a single hold up man has got the better of him. He even killed one of them a month ago. That's very true. All right. Now, I think I can get your killer for you. Only you have to let me get her my own way. Her. That's right. You mean layman's wife, Gloria? That's right. Johnny, I thought of her, too. Motive, opportunity, everything. But proof, proof. Let me handle it my own way. But if she didn't do if it... If I'm wrong, it won't be any reflection on you, on your record. Oh. I see what you mean. Okay. we'll take my car. And you gotta promise me one thing. What's that? That you'll stay outside. That you won't make any move until I ask you to. No matter what happens. Well, now, Johnny... Otherwise, you can try hauling her in yourself. But, of course, if you're wrong about her. Okay, Johnny, let's go. Well, I'm glad you
2: came along,
4: Johnny. I'm getting awful tired of having all those cops around here. All right, listen, Gloria. And you are going to get that thirty thousand insurance money for me in a hurry, aren't you? You know how long it'll take for me to get the rest of his stuff here in this state. A guy dies; it's sometimes a couple of years before they. What's the matter, Johnny?
1: Thirty thousand, huh? What? I thought you didn't know the amount of that insurance. Well,
4: Johnny, Gloria.
1: The only recent attempts at a holdup were made between the times the cops had a stake out here, right?
4: Yes, that's right, Johnny. Then the... somebody
1: must have passed the word around when everything was clear.
4: You think so, Gee? That's... Yeah,
1: and I also think that the only people who knew when the police weren't here were you and your husband.
4: Well, you don't think he'd go around blabbing it?
1: No, I don't.
4: Well, then... Now, wait a minute, Johnny Dollar. I'll
1: get your back hair up, Gloria. Not yet. What? Your husband was good enough with a gun to have thwarted seven robbery attempts in a row.
4: That's right. So
1: I think he could have prevented his own murder if he'd had his gun last night.
4: Well, of course he had it. They found it laying next to his body. Somebody
1: was glad to see these holdups, these attempts anyway, because it provided a perfect excuse to kill him. Now,
4: listen, he Johnny. He took the you...
1: gun under the counter, didn't he?
4: Sure. Right here, under the register. Okay.
1: Okay. I'm going to put my gun there. What are
4: you up to, Johnny?
1: Get behind the counter a minute. About where he'd stand when a customer came in.
4: Well, sure. Right about here.
1: So last night, a man came in and he stood about here. He pulled a toy gun out of his pocket, demanded the money in the register.
4: What is this?
1: What would your husband have done? Well...
4: Grab the
1: gun. Like this. You're pointing that right at me, you know.
4: That's what you would have done.
1: But there was no gun there last night. Because you had taken it. And when the bandits left, you were standing up on the stairs. There at the back, you'd come down from your apartment. What
4: are you talking about? The
1: bullet that killed him went from his right shoulder down to his heart. Down to the lower ribs. Because you were up on the stairs when you shot him. Then you fire a couple of shots into the wall and you call the police.
4: To prove that, Johnny, enough for the cops. When I tell them, Gloria. But you won't, Johnny, because it happened just the way you said. But you're never going to tell. Gloria. Too late, Johnny. No, no, no! You took the bullets up. You shake me. You tricked me.
1: That's right, Gloria.
4: Dirty, double-crossing, lying, cheating.
1: You happy, Sergeant? Pretty obvious, I guess, right from the beginning. But as I said, getting proof, or in this case, a confession, isn't always so easy. Anyhow, expense account total, including mileage on the rental car and the trip back to Hartford, I'll call it 250 even, okay? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.